Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. More on that later. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit here. I'm actually recording this on Monday. Um, it is a kind of a lazy Memorial Day where we did our thing. We had our breakfast. We looked for bikes. We did all sorts of things today. And I am just right now lying on a couch as Mrs. Sully is looking up information on bikes online. And she recommended that I take a nap And I said I should record a podcast because I don't know when I'm going to record a podcast tomorrow morning. And I'd rather not burn one of my evergreen ones because your pal Sully is going to be going on the road pretty soon. And I want to keep those evergreens ready in case of emergency. And besides, there's some stuff to talk about here. It is, um, I don't know who owned baseball because there are still games going on. In fact, I'm very eager to see what will happen in both hockey and in basketball as well. The if I have a hockey team, uh, it's the San Jose Sharks, and they're in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time. Uh, I my basketball team's the Celtics, but I had the after what happened the other day between Oklahoma City and Golden State, I am understandably curious. You all know what happened. I don't. I'm lying on a couch. But there are a couple of things that have happened today that I think are worth bringing up. First of all. Uh, the Memorial Day uniforms were horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, they, they, I mean, I suppose it's better that they didn't wear full camouflage head to toe, top to bottom. But they having just the words on the uniform be camouflaged. I mean, are we trying to hide the names? Are we trying to not see the names? They wore camouflage cap, normal uniforms, except the letters were camouflage. And I, I just think that looks awful. I think it looks terrible. I know it's Memorial Day. We are honoring those who gave their lives to our country. But how does making Mets in camouflage cursive honor that? I don't understand. They did great things at the USO perform the God Bless America. I think every park had at least someone from the military represented there and, and, and the family of fallen soldiers. I get it. It's terrific. But, but again, why the camouflage? Why the camouflage letters? That's horrible camouflage, even as camouflage. And I want to just put another, I want to put the fork in one other thing. I'm going to get to the, the, the Mets in a second. I want to put a fork in one thing that now, I know that Memorial Day is the day that we honor those who gave their lives to serve our country. And Veterans Day is where we honor those who are still with us, who served our country. I get it. And I see some people posting salutes to people on Memorial Day who are veterans who are still with us. I want to thank my father da, 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 for his service. And some people get on them. You know, actually, that's Veterans Day. That's not Memorial Day. Yes, technically you're right, but you know what? It's never a bad thing to do. Can we not discourage people from honoring people who, whether they lived or died, is? It, can we just not have that be something we discourage? Okay, just, just, just 
No need to, to Twitter shame someone about that. All right, I had to get that off my chest. My wife is still looking for bikes. So, specifically talk about the Mets game. Now, there was, of course, a, 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 a narrative that looked like it was unfolding for a little bit in that Mets game with uh, Matt Harvey pitching a perfect game into the fifth. But I think it's a tr- I think if you're a Met fan, you have to be going but absolutely bananas happy at this point, because Harvey has been so awful that you know we're there's talk of putting him on the disabled list, talk of him you put him in the bullpen, you know avoiding the media. I actually saw Lisa Swan, good friend of the podcast, make a suggestion that when there was the whole Chase Utley uh, controversy and you know, throwing Noah Syndergaard out of the game, that she thought that the next time Utley came up, you would bring Matt Harvey in the game just to throw at Utley. Harvey would immediately get thrown out of the game and suspended. The fans would fall back in love with him, and he would take the suspension to get his strength back up. That's how, that's how far Matt Harvey fell, that we were coming up with scenarios where the best thing he could do was throw one pitch, and it was at Chase Utley. So to have him come out today and pitch the way he did, wiggle out of some jams, pitch dominant for the first three or four innings, and give the Mets that one nothing win that they needed. I mean, that's look at. I I talked about basketball. I talked about hockey briefly at the beginning of the game. Baseball is the greatest sport of all time for this reason: instant redemption, or Instant, well, pulling the rug from under a team. This is one, less than one day after that loss to the Dodgers on Sunday night baseball. They play on Sunday night. It's a gut punch of a game that they were able to knock Clayton Kershaw out of the game. My wife just sniffled, and I don't care. I really don't care that my wife just sniffled that you had Clayton Kershaw, they knocked him out of the game by an absolute boneheaded decision by Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, I love you. You know I love you. But that was a stupid thing you did to pull Clayton Kershaw. And that they couldn't capitalize that. They were able to tie the game, but they wet the bed in the ninth, and they couldn't couldn't follow through on it. And it became kind of a humiliating losing two out of three of the Dodgers, where the Dodgers' big superstar, the big offensive star was Utley. And we all know what to think of Utley. And immediately, less than less than 24 hours later, you have this uplifting game that gets Met fans' feelings absolutely soaring through the roof. And that's how quickly the emotions can turn because of baseball being an everyday sport. And I think that's for people who don't follow it, who only follow you know, sports, which either if they only follow football, I don't know how you deal with that. I actually, I can't fathom how you can only watch your team play once a week. That to me is, goes against all logic. But even basketball and hockey, their team will play two or three times a week. Those games can linger. Those games can fester. There's chance for instant redemption. And you saw the Mets be able to pull that off. And despite all this awfulness, they're going to be either in first place or share a first place or a game out of first place in June, which is 
after the first third of the season is really all you can really ask for. As for the White Sox, wow. Oh, wow. How many one-run games can this team lose? Four days ago, they were in first place by themselves. They were winning 7-1 to one the other day, and they let up seven runs in the ninth inning. You know, I don't wish unemployment on anybody, but Robin Ventura has been the manager of the White Sox for longer than Kennedy was president. This is enough time to see what you've got. I mean, look at, I don't know what one decision he could have made, this, that, or the other thing the other, for the Mets game, but the way the bullpen is being handled, I mean, I, their bullpen isn't that incompetent, is it? I don't know. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you have a team that was in first place by itself going into Memorial Day weekend, and now they're gonna, they've been sinking like a rock. And the teams that they are sinking like a rock to, one is the defending world champion, Kansas City Royals, and the other is a Cleveland team that is really, I think, pretty much one decent trade away from being a really solid wildcard contender. I picked the Indians to win the wildcard this year. But the White Sox can't afford to sink much further. Now, there is the rumor that they're going to trade for James Shields. And if you listen to the podcast, and I know I do, back on May 24th, I suggested they make that trade which means the White Sox front office is listening to me. With that being said, take a good long look at Robin Ventura and then poll the fans. The fans know better than most people. And here's something you never hear a White Sox fan say. Ha, I'm glad Robin Ventura is the manager right now. When are they ever wrong? Do you know, okay, you just threw Ned Yost to my face, fine. We were wrong about Ned Yost. Maybe we were wrong about Terry Collins. Maybe we were wrong about the two managers who were in the World Series last year. But what exactly has Robin Ventura done to hold on to this job that they're, now, they're going to spin out of control? They already have. And quite frankly, I'd like to see the White Sox do well. I like the White Sox. This is not me trashing the White Sox. This would be saying they had a first-place team and they lost, what, nine one-run games in a row? They're not going to... They are not going to catch Kansas City if they keep playing like this. If they keep handling the bullpen like this. If they keep seeing games slip sliding away. They should have won the, They should have swept Kansas City. At least won two. Well, that's all I have to say about that. And my son asked me a strange question today. We were out shopping. And he asked me, how long do you think you're going to do the podcast? And I said, you mean the Sully Baseball Podcast? He said, yeah, how long do you think you're going to do it? Because this will be on October 24th, 2016, will be the fourth anniversary of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. That will be an entire October 24th, 2016, will be four years, Ooh. four years, a presidential term. <laughs> Are we nominating a will Sully? Be, I will be, there, will be, there will be a Sully convention. There'll be big sully balloons falling, and people will be chanting, four more years, four more years. So maybe that's what I have to do. Maybe that's what I'll vow to you. I'll vow that I will do it for at least four more years. And at the end of those four years... What? What, <laughs> what would, are you going to do? Then what do I do? I don't know. Well, then i I got to see where I am. You know, I started doing this podcast at our... I'm talking to Mrs. Sully right now. I, was, I started doing this podcast at our kitchen table on October 24th, 2012. 
on a lark. I said, you know what, I want to do this. I think the only way to do this is every day, so why don't I just start doing it and see what happens. And here we are 1,316 days later. Yep. And, um, Amazing. Yep. It you, is, didn't, you didn't tell them what I said. You told them what Aiden said, but you didn't. Oh, well, this, this is what um, the other day uh, when on, was it Friday or Saturday, we started doing laundry and laundry and laundry. And I finally said, after loads and loads were washed, dried, folded, put away, I said, that's it. The laundry's all done. And Mrs. Sully said, the laundry is never done. You know that, right? It never ends. And it's true. And in some way, the laundry is like this podcast. There's no ending to this podcast. There is no ending to this podcast. It will just keep going and going. Now, what I was hoping is that I could get my sons super interested in baseball as well. And that eventually I could hand the mantle to them. But my wife just shook her head. And maybe I could hand the mantle to my wife to have her do a baseball podcast every single day. And she's shaking her head again. Or maybe, just maybe, kind of like, and by the way, I'm going to spoil the ending of The Dark Knight Rises, how the uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, was that, how, is that his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt, basically the, the Robin character, was handed off the, uh, the mantle of being the new Batman. Maybe the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast will be handed off, not here in Pasadena overlooking historic Rose Bowl, not in Palo Alto, California, just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal, but across the continent and across the Atlantic Ocean and into the mountains of Switzerland, specifically Zurich, where I hand it off to Marcel, a.k.a. Cubs fan with an eight. Cubs fan with an eight has been sending me so many Sunday requests that I almost thought maybe I should just call it his, you know, it should be his own segment. And then when I finally met Cubs fan with an eight and we had a wonderful time at AT&T Park, I said, why don't you just, why don't we just do a segment where it's your question since I answer so many of yours? And I said that kind of offhandedly, and I said that offhandedly on a podcast. And what did Cubs fan with an eight do? He sent me about 100,000 questions to do on the podcast. So I'm going to do one. And maybe this is something I do every Tuesday. Every Sunday is going to be the Sunday request. Maybe every Tuesday I answer one of Cub fans with an eight question. I think he sent me 52 of these, so I'm set for the year. Um, here's one of them, and I actually like this one. Actually, as if the other ones were terrible. Uh, if baseball, and I, this is going back, as I've talked a lot about the potential of baseball in Montreal. We talked about that with Jonah Carey. I talked about that in one of the other uh, episodes about um, Oakland and Tampa Bay and what they need to do. And he wrote specifically about the Montreal situation. If baseball were to expand to Montreal again, why would it work this time? And what would the name be? I think this is a cool question. And the worthy of doing here as a Tuesday question from Cubs fan with an eight. Why would it work this time? I think it would work for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, the owner of the Expos will not be Jeffrey Loria. Let's not forget that they were run into the ground when Loria took over the team. See also Marlins, comma, Miami. It will not be a situation with him running it. Secondly, 
The bad taste of the 1994 strike, well, the 1994 strike was 22 years ago, right? Yeah, that's 22 years ago. And keep in mind the rule of seven. The rule of seven being you don't really remember anything in sports before you're seven years old. If you are 29 years old and a fan in Montreal, then guess what? You don't really have a memory of the bitter strike of 1994 and how that affected Montreal. Also, using the rule of seven, having a baseball team at all in Montreal, if you are 18 years old or younger, you don't have a memory of it. It's something that was the older generation had, but you don't really know it. So A, there would be a novelty. There would be a sense of interest sky-high interest in a baseball team and in a sports-hungry city, which, mind you, hasn't had a Canadian's Stanley Cup since 1993. So to have the reintroduction of a team to Montreal would be a positive thing instead of the negative emotions it would have. Absence having the heart grow fonder, you saw the absolutely maniacal and fanatical response when they played the exhibition games at L'Estade Olympique. Also, you would make sure that there would be an owner who was devoted and dedicated to making it work there. Look at what's happened in Washington, the former Montreal team. They found the right ownership and who's invested in the team, who's invested in keeping the players there, invested in putting a quality product on the field. Look at what they did to make sure that a positive ownership was brought into Los Angeles in the wake of the Artie, uh, not the Artie, the, uh, uh, the, the McCourt fiasco. You're seeing that they're with a new commissioner to say, okay, we're going to bring someone in to make sure that we've learned from the mistakes of the first one. They had the wrong owner before in Jeffrey Loria. They, had the, they did not have a commitment to build a stadium there. Now, obviously, it's not going to work if they don't have the right ownership and they don't have a commitment to build, I would say, a privately funded stadium in downtown Montreal. But you saw, you did see, there have been periods of time when Montreal was a big baseball town. Now, granted, it's when they were one of the best teams in baseball in the early 1980s, but it was working then. The possibility is for it to work then. And the mistakes that were made can be avoided. And it's a different business model that we have now than we had in 1994 or even in 2004. You can see the revenue streams are different. The TV revenue streams are different. The, the, multi, the new medium revenue streams are different. And with the opening of Cuba and with new talent, an expansion is not out of the realm. I made this point the other day, and I didn't even realize this until Joni Carey brought it up with me. This is the longest we've ever had without an expansion. And with, as I said, with Cuba, with Japan, with China, with a lot of talent pools that are open, that were not open the last time. Remember, 1998 was the last expansion. That was pre-Ichiro. With you know, before Ichiro, the mindset was, yeah, you can get good pitchers from Japan, but you'll never get good position players. Now we know that's not true. 
Now we've had fine position players come from them. And now we're finding fine players coming from Cuba and coming from different places. And I really do believe that there's going to be a trickle away from football in high schools. And some of the best athletes are going to say, yeah, I love football, but do I really want to do that to my brain? And you're going to start to see some of the players who may have gone to football before find their way into baseball. That's it's not going to be a tidal wave, but I think it'll be a trickle. It'll be enough to justify an expansion. And really one of the only places you can expand to right now is Montreal because it's one of the places that has a stadium. So why will it work this time? Because we know what didn't work. Because the times are different. I think the anger is quelled. And I think there would be a demand for it. And what should they be called? I don't think there's an issue. They should be called the Expos. Whether they play in the American League or the National League, have them be the Expos. Have them wear those weird EMB hats they used to have. Have them wear the beach ball hats they used to wear. If you're going to have them come back, why call them the Montreal Alouettes or the Montreal Croissant or the watch the Montreal Joie de Vivre or whatever the heck it's going to be? Call them the freaking Expos because that's what we want. And yeah, I think it will work. I don't think it's just nostalgia on my part. So, Cubs fan with an eight, I'm answering your questions. And I hope I did a good job of answering that right now. Who owned baseball? I don't really know right now. I'm lying down on my couch. But you can find out who won baseball by visiting MLBreports.com. You can go to sullybaseball.wordpress.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Instagram. Uh, did I say Facebook? Did I say Twitter? I can't even remember right now. You can be old school, send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Promising you at least four more years of Sully Baseball Podcast every single day while I do the laundry every single day. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the final day of May 2016. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.